0: Hello and welcome to this audio recording of the Weekly Research Roundup, research published between the 16th and the 22nd of January 2024. I'm Katrina Pears, the research correspondent for the EMI Association. It's been a slightly quieter week. There have been three new me studies and 25 new long COVID studies. There has not been much which has caught our eyes this week. We have highlighted one of the me studies in more detail. Paper 1 looks at whether joint hyperflexibility is a risk factor for developing MECFS after infectious mononucleosis IM. Infectious mononucleosis, sometimes called mono or kissing disease, is commonly caused by the virus Epstein-Barr virus, EBV, and is spread through saliva. Infection is most likely in teens or young adults and is characterized by swollen lymph glands, fever, sore throat, and extreme fatigue. This was a follow on study from the research group, where college students were studied for the development of MECFS six months after IM. And in this study, 53 students met the criteria for MECFS six months after IM and included six recovered control subjects who had modified Baton scores, which is used as a clinical tool for diagnosing joint hyperflexibility. The study found no difference in modified Bayton scores between the control subjects and patients with MECFS, cfs i.e. no relationship was found between joint hyperflexibility and the development of MECFS. cfs There have been mixed findings on the relationship between joint hyperflexibility and MECFS. cfs The findings in this research are in line with two of the previous studies. One in which where the Baton scores did not differ between controls and MECFS patients, but significantly more patients with MECFS were hyperflexible. However, these findings are not in line with the leading expert in joint hypermobility and MECFS, Bressa Peter Rowe. The ME Association also has a medical matters section on hypermobility and Ellis danlos syndrome, which can be found on our website. This research used a well studied population of students who developed MECFS after IM. Unfortunately, we cannot read the paper to fully assess the study, but from the snippets we can read, it would seem like, as with the other studies from this research group, the classification of severe MECFS is not ideal. Severe MECFS was classified where patients had not recovered at the six month follow up appointment and had more than one symptom listed in the case definition. This is the same with other studies by Jason Atell, which really demeans severe MECFS for those who we would typically class as having severe MECFS. But do you not feel this will be the last of the research which uses this definition or the last study we see trying to unravel the link between joint hyperflexibility and MECFS. You may also be interested in reading this week paper two, which is a review article on herpes virus infection. Specifically, this review looks at linking the evidence of persistent endothelial cell infection and the implications for endothelial dysfunction, encompassing blood flow regulation, coagulation, and cognitive impairment, which are all symptoms consistent with both MECFS and long COVID. The endothelial is a layer of cells lining blood vessels. We have previously reviewed the evidence for the role of herpes virus infection in MECFS, which can be found on our website the long covid reference section this week you may also be interested in reading paper 7 which looks into the blood protein signature in Long COVID. There is an easy to understand news article on this study as well in the comment from Dr. Charles Shepard. Thank you for listening to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup. I shall be back next week with the next installment.